Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Who's gonna fill their heels? Who's gonna be that strong? Who's gonna be the hero for the ladies yet to come? Who's gonna stand behind the ones that pave the way for me? Lord, I wonder who's gonna fill their heels? And that's a bit of the song, Who's Gonna Fill Their Heels? from my guest, Lisa Brokop. It's the title track to Lisa's brand new album, and she's joined on the song by none other than Georgette Jones. We'll hear the song in its entirety a bit later here on the show. Stay tuned. And congratulations to Lisa on celebrating 30 years in country music. She's won some awards from the Canadian Country Music Association. Um, She was a three-time winner of Independent Female Artist of the Year. And two of her songs won Independent Song of the Year, Something Undeniable, and I'd Like to See You Try. We all remember her song, Give Me a Ring Sometime. I love the hook in that song, the play on words. Uh, That cracked the Billboard Top 20 in Canada. Uh, She was nominated for Top New Female Vocalist at the Academy of Country Music Awards. Uh, Fast forward to today. She is currently on tour with her husband, Paul Jefferson. They're combining two of their tribute shows. Elise's part of the show is the Patsy Cline Project, and Paul's portion is Hank Lives, which is a tribute to the great Hank Williams. Uh, And Lisa has just released a brand new album, a great one called Who's Gonna Fill Their Heels, featuring original songs and country classics. And we'll hear some of those songs here on the show today. My pleasure now to welcome Lisa Brokop. Hey, Lisa. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm doing just wonderful. It is so great to have this chance to uh, chat with you here on the show. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. My pleasure. First of all, congratulations on this album. The title, as I mentioned, is Who's Gonna Fill Their Heels? And if people don't know the story yet, it's a spin on Who's Gonna Fill Their Shoes, which is the George Jones classic where he talks about Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard, Willie Nelson. And you've got the female version of this. You you knew and decided that the female country artists needed their uh, tribute in this song. So we've got Dolly, Tammy, uh, June, and Dottie, and on and on. Tell us, tell us about the inspiration behind this. And of course, Georgette Jones, the daughter of George George Jones and uh, Tammy Wynette join you joins you on this song. Yes, this has really been um, a kind of a cool thing that I just never expected was going to happen. I just I love how music and inspiration falls into play in this way. And I was listening to the song. I was actually getting ready to go on the road to do my legendary ladies of country show, which is similar to the Patsy Cline project. It's all the it's all the artists like Tammy and Dolly and. Uh, um, I heard the song being played and it was Mo Pitney singing it. Mo Pitney, remember that, uh, you, you know, that artist Mo Pitney, he was yeah. singing the George Absolutely. Jones song. Yep. And so, and I, and I was reminded it's, wow, such a great song and honoring all the artists. And it hit me that none of the female artists are in the song. <laughs> and I thought, oh boy, wouldn't it be? And I, I was kind of just joking around thinking, oh, it'd be fun to rewrite it. And I think I 
came up with a couple lines in my head and then I thought, I'm going to do this. I'm going to rewrite it. So I was getting on a plane to head to Calgary actually for a show and I wrote it on the plane and I came up with the song and I sang it for the people in Calgary and they loved it. And I thought, oh, maybe we have something here. So that <laughs> rest is history. Incredible. And how did Georgette Jones become a part of the song? That came through uh, Chuck Rhodes, who is the head of my record label right now, Audium, uh, BFD Audium Records. And he said, hey, wouldn't it be great if we could get Miss Georgette to sing a little bit on it? Because she's the daughter of Tammy Wynette and George Jones. And I was like, wow, of course. And so he asked her and she agreed. And, you know, I don't get real emotional often when I hear songs, especially my own stuff, you know, I've lived with it. But when I heard her sing on that song, it was like, oh my goodness, what a, it, it just, it got me. This old world is full of singers, but just a few were chosen to tear your heart out when they sing. Imagine life without them. Those legendary ladies who weren't afraid to chase the down-home dreams No, there'll never be another coal miner's daughter Or mother Maybelle singing with her family The honky-tonk angel her courage is what made her Lord, I wonder Who's gonna fill their heels Who's gonna fill their heels Who's gonna be that strong Who's gonna be the hero For the ladies yet to come Who's gonna stand behind Much too soon she told this world goodbye The rhinestones lace and denim The mandrel girls and dolly And I'll always love you It still makes me cry You know the heart of country music Still lives on in you, my sweet mama In the ache inside your voice As you sang, stand by your man Hear me, Lou, June, and Dottie I can feel them right here with me On the stage where I sing out for them tonight
when you when you look back, who are the artists that you looked up to uh, when you were just starting out at a very young age? Well, um, Patsy Cline was definitely one of them. I loved Barbara Mandrell. I would watch her show every Friday night. That was a big deal. And I loved the Mandrell sisters. They're in the song as well. Who else? Dottie West. I wanted to sing like Dottie West. I loved that rich tone in her voice. Mm-hmm. Um, Anne Murray, of course, because what uh, good Canadian girl doesn't love Anne Murray? <laughs> So, oh, yeah, yep. so many of them. I, I loved all of them. I loved everybody on the radio. I loved Tanya Tucker. Um, and I loved the guy artists, too. I, uh, my first concert was Ricky Skaggs. I, I was just right into it from day one. That's incredible. Yeah. Speaking of day one, I mean, reading in your bio that, you know, you were singing before you could talk. By the age of seven on stage with your mother, who is a singer and your brother, um, <laughs> and performing everything from polkas to one of my favorite guys, Kenny Rogers classics. Take us back to that. I mean, seven and you're on stage. Were you comfortable? I, I assume right away. Well, actually, no, I was not. I remember um, I did love to sing. I was always singing in the house. I had a swing set outside and I would go out there and I would <laughs> swing and sing. That was that was what I liked to do. Yeah. But I was very shy. So my mother knew that I could sing and she's like, oh, you got to hear her sing. But I wouldn't do it for anybody else. So um, we were at a, a gathering one summer. It was a family gathering at a campsite. I think it was in Green Lake, British Columbia. And they wanted somebody, it was Canada Day, and they wanted somebody to sing the Canadian National Anthem. And my mother knew that I knew how to do that. Um, But I was very shy, and I wasn't going to do it. Finally, somebody talked me into it, and I sang it. And I remember my voice cracked at the very end. I had sung it at the very end, and I started to cry, and it was terrible. (laughs) Until the people started to applaud, and and they loved it. And I was like, oh. And I think from that point on, I was hooked on the whole performing thing <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing what an early start and uh, by age 12 you were sitting in with other vancouver bands where you are from um went professional at age 15 joined a touring band uh began your solo career a year later so around the age of 16 successful singles came out i mean that's kind of like leanne rhymes at that young age i mean you were you know one of those artists that started quite young yes i really did i i remember finding out where Nashville was or, or Nash, that Nashville was the place the country singers went when I was probably seven or eight. And I was determined that I was going to do the same. Thing. <laughs> so I was, uh, yeah, I really, I would come home from school instead of going off to play dates, I'd get my guitar out and practice. And I was just always singing, driving my brother nuts because, you know, he didn't want to hear about it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was into it from right from the get go. I, I loved listening to everything on the, on the radio. And then of course the local radio station where I was from Jarrah country, they had often had, they'll ha- they'd have a, a setup going on at the local car dealership where there'd be a band set up. And, um, and so I would hear this on the radio and I'd go down just to hear the band. I didn't care about the cars being, sold or whatever else was going on I wanted to hear the local band and so I got to know some of them and they'd let me come and and sit in and do a song or two and I would do a a Patsy Cline tune because that's what everybody knew Mm -hmm, absolutely Uh, have you had a mentor throughout your career or at least early on Lisa somebody who really believed in you and kind of was the one that kept you going till you really took off oh boy there's been so many people um my, my family, for one, my parents were very supportive. They came on the road with me early on when I was 
really too young to be in most of the places that I was in. <laughs> and um, just a lot of different uh, ladies on the road. Um, Sharon Graham comes to mind. She worked for JR Country for a long time. She was a DJ there. And then she ended up coming out on the road with me just to be kind of like a, an assistant helper and another gal on the road. And she was awesome. Um, so there's been, there's been tons of different people, uh, too many to list, I would imagine. But yeah, my brother, my family, my brother managed me for quite a while. So a lot of support there. I've been really lucky with that. Very cool. Before we fast forward to present uh, and talk more about the album and the, and the tour, a couple of the songs that uh, stand out to me, give me a ring sometime that, as I mentioned off the top, uh, cracked the Billboard Top 20 in Canada. I remember how fun that song was, just a upbeat, fun song, kind of a spin on Give Me a Ring is in a phone call or Give Me a Ring is in a diamond. Absolutely. And I love the message of that song. And I think I understand it more now than even I did back then because I was so young. Um, but, you know, the idea of let's let's get married. Let's not just, you know, play around with this. You need to give me a ring before, uh, you know, I let you fully into the door. <laughs> and I love that message for young people these days, for sure. I got you glancing in a pawn shop window. You got me looking there, too. Just a little quarter carat diamond, but it's sparkling true. I can see you
And uh, another one, which was uh, a much more serious song, She Can't Save Him, mm-hmm. which, uh, man, that's, that was a powerful song and is a powerful song. Yes. And again, you know, I, I I was so young when these songs came out and a lot of them were presented to me as songs to record, which I agreed and I love them. But now looking back, I think I understand I understand it so much more, the message, and I've lived a little bit more life than I had back then and and realized just how powerful uh, those messages were. She can't save them. And I've had people come up to me and say, I've been sober for this many years because I heard that song. And it's like, wow, there's there's no greater gift than that, that that uh, a song that I sang could be that powerful for somebody. Absolutely. What what a great thing to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's taken a song to a whole other level where it uh, has changed someone's life. And there are songs like that out there. We all uh, hear about yeah. them and they're the, those powerful songs like She Can't Save Them, uh, but pretty incredible to hear. And uh, other songs over the years, Lisa, have you heard feedback on that uh, had an impact? The song, How Do I Let Go, which is actually one of my favorites. That one seemed to have a pretty big impact it was written about a relationship, about heartbreak, but people often heard it as how I let go of a loved one that's passed away or, mm-hmm. or they, they took it the way that they needed to interpret it. So that one seems to have had a pretty big impact, which I, I love that. And um, I just love how music just has that power. It, it hits people in different ways in whatever way they need healing and, and just goes in there and does its job. <laughs> yeah, so true. So true. Um, the album that's out right now that uh, people can stream and purchase and listen to is Who's Going to Fill Their Heels, um, which is released on BFD Audium Nashville. And you are signed with PLA Media. And uh, of course, um, on, on the album are four great classics, three great classics, and then a spin on one. So we got Delta Dawn. We got Harper Valley PTA with a guest appearance from Jeannie C. Riley. She's Got You. And then Who's Going to Fill Their Heels, the spin on the George Jones classic. Um, Let's talk about Delta Dawn. What made you choose that song for this album? Well, as I was saying earlier, I've always loved Tanya Tucker. I would I would learn her songs early on, and and uh, I'd have my cassette player trying to record the songs from the radio, so I'd try to catch them and then learn them that way. Yeah, yeah. So I just love her, and I love the song. We've we've been doing it in my Legendary Ladies of Country show, so it only made sense to to put it on the album. And I think it was like the fiftieth anniversary of the song last year, I believe, or. Yeah, so it's it's just a great classic. I love Tanya, and the song is great. It's such a great story song, as is Harper Valley PTA. I mean, there was a TV series on Harper Valley PTA back in the day um, as well. Tell me about that song. What, what, what do you love about it? I, I love that one because it's actually written about a school in Nashville, I believe. Tom T. Hall was the writer. Um, I love Jeannie C. Riley. Of course, she's awesome and so gracious to come on and do a little bit on the song. What a what a cool thing to have her put her, her stamp on it. Yeah. She's a legend. But um, I love that um, the song talks about, uh, it's, I think it's called Harpeth Hall. It's the school. I know where that is. It's like five or 10 minutes from where I live in Nashville. And it was <laughs> written about that. So I just think that's so cool. Now, one of the original songs on here, uh, which was one of the releases, Come Back, Bobby Gentry. Um, her big song, of course, from 1967, Ode to Billy Joe. And I guess, the, tell, tell me a bit about the song and how it ties into Bobby Gentry. What I understand about her is she kind of disappeared at some point, or at least from the music scene. Yeah, she has such an interesting story. And um, I don't think there's anybody else like her that had such success and really at the top of her game across many genres, not just country, and just decided, that's it. I'm done. I'm out of here. Nobody really knows exactly why 
she just decided I would I would give anything to sit down with her and ask her <laughs> what yes. why did you leave why did you just walk away I know she she's still alive and she's she's done other things but just not in that capacity and I've heard her in interviews she's a very very smart intelligent woman and I just sometimes I think well did was it was it mental illness or did she just think you know what I'm tired of people telling me what to do I'm just I just don't want to do this anymore I don't know <laughs> it's so interesting to me and there's been so much speculation and a lot of mystery around it and plus her song Ode to Billy Joel was such a mystery with, with the lyrics of that song so I was um, talking about it with my husband Paul we were, you know, kind of wondering ourselves what happened and coming up with our own ideas. And we thought, hey, let's write a little song about it. So we did. And that's what we came up with. Did you accept the invitation to the masquerade? Did you dance with fame and glory, then make a backdoor escape? Why did you disappear? Are you never to return? Did you try and say something but no? It's a great song and just about this artist who, all, as you said, all that mystery surrounding her and Ode to Billy Joe, of course, had the mystery about the bridge and what was thrown over that bridge, um, which is such a, another, it gets back to these great story songs in country music that we listen to, whether there's a mystery in it or not, they're just great to, great to uh, enjoy. 
Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I think it's it's kind of fun for the listener to, to wonder and perhaps make up their own story and their own. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, but like I said, boy, I would love to ask her. <laughs> Yeah, that would be yeah, quite a, quite an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with these uh, great covers, these country classic covers um, that are on your album, Lisa, you've got some very cool original songs, um, including "The Same," which is the last track on the album. And I was listening to that earlier, and it's uh, it's got such a great message in it. T- tell us about this song. Well, I wrote this one. I guess it was during COVID, or maybe towards the end of it, um, when we were all at home and there's you know been a lot of a lot of uh, tension in in people's lives these days with different opinions and yeah. different ideas of how things should be and 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 I was thinking about how you know even so many families have been divided because they have different ideas and and then I was thinking you know really most of us have the same ideas and have the same wants and needs. We all want what's right for our families. We want what's best for our children. We want a good school system. We want, you know, all these, we want love. We want to be loved. We want to give love, all those things for the most part. And, you know, maybe we do have some different ideas on how to achieve that. It's like, you know, if I just listen to your pain and realize why you do something just because it's different from me, it's because you have a need. Maybe you're hurting. Maybe you're angry. Maybe you're this. We all have that. None of us are perfect. That's what it came out of. Right or wrong, black or white, I'll have the last word and win the fight. Once my neighbor, now enemy, how did the walls go? so easily hate is such a liar just a bully on the truth it comes to steal the love I have for you side by side and miles apart blinded to what's in your heart pride Just like mine, somebody's daughter's son, someone's whole life. You have fear, a worried mind, kind of scared, hey, so am I. Your picture's so much bigger than the view in front of me. What makes me think that I know what you Side by side and miles apart Blinded to what's in your heart Pride and anger standing in the way What if I stopped and asked you why Look behind the tears you cry What if I took some time to see your pain I might find out we're the same 
and asked you why. Look behind the tears you cry. What if I took some time to see your pain? I might find out we're the same. I might find out we're the same. Again, a song with a great message that uh, can make us really think and reflect on our fellow man, fellow woman, and just uh, what they're going through and kind of have some empathy, which is so great. Uh, Let's just uh, time travel for just a moment here. Um, You know, at the age of 19, you had the lead female role in the feature film Harmony Cats, uh, and you played a country singer in it in search of your big break in Nashville, and then you ended up living that out in real life. But what was that like to be in a movie, not only a movie, but at the age of 19? Oh, it was crazy. I was, I, I, I can remember moments thinking, what am I doing here? I'm acting, I'm acting. (laughs) People, but I loved it so much. And I remember uh, when I got the part, they, I knew that they were looking for someone for the part and they were either going to go with someone who was a really good actress and maybe not a great singer or someone who was a good singer and maybe not the best actress. So they went with me, the singer, <laughs> who never <laughs> the acting. And, uh, but I really loved it and found out that I actually wasn't too bad at it. And I wish, I really wish I could do more because I think I could do better. <laughs> But it was so much fun, and I, I enjoyed the camaraderie that happens amongst the cast. And uh, outtakes to me are my favorite. When people make mistakes, I just think it's funny. One hundred percent. I love watching bloopers, as they call yeah. them, from whether it's TV shows or whatever. That is, the, the, yeah, like you said, the most best. Yeah. Funniest thing to watch. Yeah. Um, but that's amazing. So, and I guess you were able to put some of that acting skill to use, at least in music videos following that, to be uh, comfortable in front of a camera and emote and all that great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It was, I mean, the best experience to be able to, I didn't have to stretch too far. The part was, you know, it was about a young girl who uh, is in a country music band and ends up going off to Nashville. And that's pretty much exactly what happened to me right after that. (laughs) So I didn't have to stretch too far, but I realized how much fun it was to pretend to be something else and jump into another area. And yeah, with doing music videos and being in front of a camera was definitely very helpful. And after the film was over, um, you had, I guess, your very first Nashville showcase. This is amazing because a lot of times this takes a lot of years, although you'd already put in time. But uh, after that very first Nashville showcase, you were signed to Capitol Records. Yes. um, In the movie, I'm discovered by Hoyt Axton and I go off to Nashville (laughs) (laughs) and then pretty much like Uh, Like the next month, I did go to Nashville. I was 19, and I got my first record deal with Capitol. And, uh, yeah, we were off running. So it was pretty wild having that happen. What advice, Lisa, would you give to female artists starting out as you did at that point, 16, 19, teens, late teens, who want to uh, have a country music career? Well, I would say... It is very important to be true to yourself, to to who you are as an artist, what you believe in, what you're willing to stand up for, what you're not willing to stand up for. 
and that's hard to do at a young age. Sometimes, sometimes we don't know those answers. So mm -hmm. I would you don't know then you should find out because there are many people in this industry who would love to tell you what that is <laughs> uh, give you advice you know some advice is good and some maybe not so good so i would say trust your gut and ultimately if you know who you are then you're going to be okay and you stand up for that that is so true yeah if you know who you are uh, that goes a long way and you'll kind of make decisions based on that because it's so easy to get swept up in uh, i guess hearing great things about yourself and maybe getting lost in all that oh absolutely and just you know people think you know everyone has their agenda and sometimes with the best of intentions they're thinking oh this will be great for you and you feel in your gut you know i'm just not comfortable with that but i better do it anyway and that's just not always the right thing. And it's okay to say no once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, and what about songwriting? I mean, songwriting has been a big been a big part of your career, Lisa. How did you get good at songwriting and how did you get better at it? Oh, well, Nashville is the best place for that. I, you know, I wrote my first song when I was 12. It was called Country is the Best to Me. <laughs> But then I wrote a few songs and then I stopped because I didn't feel like what I was writing was as good as what was on the radio. And so my confidence and my writing ability was pretty low. So it took me a while to come out of that. But being in Nashville, I got to I got paired up with some of the best writers in town and I got to learn so much from them. I mean, it really, it was just the ultimate university of songwriting for me. And it's taken a lot, I mean, over the years, it's taken a long time for me to to get good at it and refine my craft. And I'm probably even recently in the last couple of years, I've just started writing more by myself, which I never did. I just never had the confidence to do, but being locked away with COVID will, will do that for you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, actually, that was a blessing for me. And I'm actually doing a bit more um, writing by myself and I'm, actually feeling pretty good about that like I've hit a new level so it's just practice learn learn from the best I like to write with people who are better than me so that I can kind of raise up to that that level that they're at so yeah don't be afraid to learn from those those that have done it first <laughs> lovely I've heard the expression right up yes yeah yep. you learn from uh, those other writers who've done it and that's so great I know you can learn so much in a room with other writers and how they approach it and, and what their techniques are. Uh, let's talk about the tour that's going on now. First of all, let's uh, kind of go with the backstory here about how you and your husband, Paul Jefferson, met. Well, let's see. We've been married now for 15 years. We made it to 15. <laughs> we both came. I came to Nashville about early 90s, and so did he. We didn't know each other at the time, but we both had record deals. He was uh, a recording artist on Almo Sounds, and we had publishing deals. And we ended up meeting years later through a mutual friend. My best friend, actually, her husband was playing in Paul's band, and she said, oh, you should meet this guy. So <laughs> we set up the, um, the um, writing appointment, which was, I really didn't care about the song. I wanted to meet this guy and see what he was like. So <laughs> we got together to write song, and I don't know what we, if we ever wrote anything that day, but we met, and... Uh, 15 years later, here we are. We have a daughter who's 14, and uh, things are good. That's amazing to hear. Now, is your daughter musical at all? She is. She, um, you know, according to her, we are not all that cool. So <laughs> I have no idea what she's talking about. But <laughs> she um, really kind of likes to do the opposite of what we do. So, so far, she has not expressed interest in being in the music business. 
which is okay. She has other gifts. She's an artist. She rides horses. So she's very talented. But yes, she does sing. She's just, she's actually quite shy about it like I was when I was little. Oh, there you go. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just takes that right moment for it to happen. But uh, yeah, the talent gets passed down, especially when there's two mom and dad uh, are, are talented and have music in them. That's great. So the show that uh, is on now that people can check out uh, at your website as far as tour dates, um, the actual show dates. Uh, this is great. You're bringing together the two shows. Your portion is the Patsy Klein Project. Uh, in uh, Paul's is the Hank Will- Hank Lives, the tribute to Hank Williams. Two country legends, of course, coming together on the show. Describe what people are going to see when they uh, when they're sitting in the audience. Well, the evening is a celebration of traditional country music. It's kind of us coming full circle in our careers. um, And we're getting to give our versions of these classic songs of people. They're our idols. Um, Paul grew up listening to Hank Williams. I grew up listening to Patsy Cline. And they're the people that really pushed us into this music business and um, influenced us in so many ways. So, And he does his show first and tells a lot of stories about Hank and about the songs. Then I come up and do my show. And then at the end, we come out together and, and do a few songs together and kind of imagining what it might have been like if Patsy Cline and Hank Williams Sr. had met because they never did. Yeah, that's interesting. They had uh, mm-hmm. never met. I can, I'm not sure the timelines as far as ages and when one passed away and the other. But, um, yeah, imagining the two of them mm-hmm. together as legends they are uh, would, would be quite something. Oh, would have been fireworks for sure. Uh, Hank came out first, and then she she was actually just after him. So she was actually a big fan of his and did a lot of his songs. Um, but yeah, they never actually met. But they both passed away around the age of 30, so it's interesting. Yeah, wow. Uh, something they have in common as well as being legends. But uh, yeah. I went way too young. I often think about, uh, I mean, Elvis, I guess, and, and Patsy and Hank. And if they had lived longer, um, you know, all that other music we would have had in the 20, 30, 40 years uh, that they could have lived. Yeah, I know. I, I can't because Patsy's career was really over only over about five years. Um, and we had all these great classics. So, yeah, imagine if she had gone on a bit longer. Yeah. And, and the thing with Hank, uh, you know, his songs are so world weary and grown up. I, some people have said to me, you know, when, when I mentioned that he had passed away at the age of 29, you know, it's just hard to believe that somebody that young it's it's age is all relative but that young wrote about such deep things and had that many songs within such a short lifetime you know that's true because nowadays we think of him as an older person but he wasn't very old when he wrote those songs and that's true you know i hadn't actually thought about that that's pretty deep thoughts coming from such a young man but he lived up you know life was hard he actually had uh, spina bifida which a lot of people didn't know. So he lived in a lot of pain and it's probably what led to his addiction with alcohol and, and pain medication. So uh, there was a lot behind that guy. He went through a lot. All of our listeners can uh, again, go to your website uh, and social media sites to get the dates on where, where these shows are happening to check you and Paul out. Uh, what have you got planned for the future? What, and what's on your dream list, Lisa, of accomplishments you want to do in the next year or so? Yeah, it seems like there's a lot happening these days, which is awesome with the new album. Um, we're really, really getting that out to, to Canada and the U.S. and to the world. I would love to be able to go and uh, do some touring in Europe. I've been to Europe, but I've really never toured. I think it would be fun to take these shows over there, maybe, um, you know, with, uh, with the traditional country music. Mm-hmm. 
I think it'd be a lot of fun. I'd love to do a Christian album. I'd like to do that at some point, maybe next year, maybe the year after. We'll see. Great. But yeah, yeah, lots more to be had. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, lots more. Celebrating 30 years in country music, Lisa Brokop, and lots more still ahead. The tour going on now with your husband, Paul, and of course, the album that our listeners can purchase and stream and check out who's going to fill their heels on BFD. Audium Nashville that is out there, as we mentioned, with those country classics. We heard some of them on the show and some great original songs. Lisa, thanks so much for being on the podcast. A real pleasure pleasure to chat with you. Oh, thank you so much, Dave. It's a real pleasure to chat with you as well. Once again, my guest has been Lisa Brokop. I'm Dave Woods. Keep on keeping it country. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.